Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Hey, if you want some Christmas in July, I do want to uh, remind you that... All year round, you can listen to our Christmas Radio Detective feeds with uh, more than 30 Christmas Radio Detective episodes, including Richard Diamond, Rocky Fortune, Sherlock Holmes, and more. Check it out at christmasfeed.greatdetectives.net. Also, do remember to nominate the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio in the Podcast Awards if you've not done so already. I've entered us in the Entertainment and Smail hosted podcast categories. So check that out at podcastawards.com. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. The original air date, September the 27th, 1950, and the title is The Broken Promise Murder Case. Next, Mr. Chameleon and The Broken Promise Murder Case. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Police Headquarters in his famous cases of crime and murder. Brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer aspirin and Philips Milk of Magnesia tablets. Mr. Chameleon, as you know, is the famous and dreaded detective who frequently uses a disguise to track down a killer. A disguise which at all times is recognized by the audience. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Broken Promise Murder Case.
Our scene opens in a small but well-furnished apartment in New York's Greenwich Village. An attractive woman in her early 30s and a good-looking young man are having cocktails before the fireplace. The woman is Sybil Kent, and the young man at whom she looks with adoring eyes is Roger Dalton. And Roger, little dreaming that his words are to be the preamble to murder, is saying eagerly, This is the moment I've been waiting for, Sybil. I've got terrific news for you. News, Roger? I've finally landed it, Sybil. That job as an artist with the advertising agency. Roger, oh, darling. That agency is one of the most important advertising firms in town. I'm to start work the beginning of the week. And it's all thanks to you, Sybil. Oh, Roger, that's wonderful. Because it means that now at last we can go ahead with our plans. What? What do you mean, Sybil? Oh, Roger, darling. Do, do I have to say it? Our understanding was that as soon as you graduated from art school and got a job, we'd, we'd be married. Great Scott, you, you mean you took that seriously? What, Roger, you, you know that was our agreement. But, Sybil, I, I never dreamt you were really serious. I always thought it was well, a kind of joke between us. A joke? Roger, you... Well, the fact is, I've made plans of my own. I'm going to marry Vera Langdon. You... That's something else I meant to tell you this evening. You're going to marry Vera Langdon? After all I've done for you. All the sacrifices I've made for you. Sybil, you've been a wonderful friend. And I mean to pay you back someday. Pay me back? Roger Dalton, you're not throwing me over for that society girl, Vera Langdon. Not when I've done everything for you. When I've spent every penny I have to put you through art school. Sybil, listen to me. No, no, you listen. Roger, if... If you leave me, I'll go to the agency where you got this job. I'll fix things so that you'll be through for good with every agency in town. What's more, I'll, I'll go to Vera Langdon and that wealthy father of hers and show you up for the selfish, ruthless here you are. You're not serious. You're, you're talking nonsense, Sybil. I'll, I'll go even further, Roger. I'll, I'll kill you before I give you up to someone else. Do you hear me, Roger? I'll kill you! <laughs> And the next morning, after a sleepless, maddening night, we see a hysterical Sybil Kent clutching the edge of a desk in her living room and saying over and over to herself, I won't. I won't give Roger up. I can't. I can't. Who's that coming in the door? Lucy? Lucy, is that you? Answer me. Oh, it's you. You've come to kill me. You've come to kill me. And a short time later, we find Mr. Chameleon, the famous and dreaded detective, and his assistant, Detective Dave Arnold, at Sybil Kent's apartment, which has become the scene of violence and tragedy. Near them, a young woman sits quietly as Chameleon says to Dave... Sybil Kent was shot through the heart in that close range, Dave. I'd say the murder took place about an hour ago. Well, that'd be about ten o'clock, Mr. Chameleon. Mm -hmm. But nothing in the room has been touched, so it doesn't look like the motive was robbery. No. Mr. Chameleon, I just can't believe it. Sybil murdered. It's horrible. Yes, Miss Lucy. Uh, you say that you are the murdered woman's sister. Yes. 
Sybil was all I had in the world. Now, oh dear heaven, what am I going to do? Well, first you must try to compose yourself, Lucy. Now, tell me exactly what happened. Mr. Chameleon, could we open the window? I, I feel as if I were going to be ill. Yes. Uh, Dave, open one of the windows, please. Right away, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, that smell of fresh paint in this apartment is rather oppressive. All the apartments in this building are being repainted. They finished work on this one only yesterday. Now, Lucy, tell me when and how you discovered your sister Sybil's body. I... I left the apartment around nine o'clock to go shopping. When I came back an hour later... I found Sybil lying there by the desk. Shot to death. You lived here with your sister? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Alone? Yes, why? Would you mind removing that heavy veil that you're wearing? Yes, I'll remove my veil. Look at me. Look at me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that I asked you to do that, Lucy. I've looked this way for over a year. I got these dreadful scars in an automobile accident. The doctors say they can't do anything for me. I'll go through life this way. I asked you, Lucy, because I wondered why a young girl like you should be wearing a heavy veil. If it hadn't been for Sybil, I don't know what I would have done. She was so kind to me. And now he's murdered her. He? Lucy, do you mean that you know who the murderer is? You just told me that you were out of the apartment when your sister was shot. Mr. Chameleon, I know who did it. It was Roger Dalton. Roger Dalton? Who's he? He's an artist. My sister Sybil was in love with him, and she gave him money to go through art school. Well, that scarcely indicates a motive for murder. No. Well, Roger led her to believe they'd be married as soon as he graduated and got a job. I see. And yesterday, Roger landed a good job with an advertising agency. Yes. Last night, he came to tell Sybil about it. Instead of keeping his agreement to marry my sister, Roger told Sybil he thought it was just a joke. That he'd never had any intention of marrying her. What did your sister Sybil say to that, Lucy? She was incredulous, Mr. Chameleon. Then Roger told her he was going to marry Vera Langdon. Vera Langdon? You mean the society debutante who's always getting into some sort of scrape? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Roger said he was going to marry her. My sister Sybil was furious. She told Roger she'd go to the advertising agency. Yes, and to Vera Langdon and her father and expose him for the selfish heel he was. And uh, what did Roger say to that? He left. But don't you see, Mr. Chameleon, Roger must have come back this morning and murdered Sybil. No one else had a reason to harm my sister. Everyone loved her. Everyone, Lucy? Including you? Mr. Chameleon, what do you mean? I was thinking, Lucy, that sometimes sisters don't get along together. I know what you were thinking. That Sybil was a very beautiful girl while I'm ugly. Go ahead and say it, Mr. Chameleon. I know it's true. But if you think I killed Sybil because I was jealous of her beauty, well, you're mistaken. I haven't accused you of anything, Lucy. Roger Dalton killed her, Mr. Chameleon, and I want him to pay for it with his life. You may be sure the person who killed your sister will pay for the crime, Lucy. Come along, Dave. Where to, Mr. Chameleon? Have a talk with Roger Dalton, the man whose career and coming marriage might have been destroyed if Sybil Kent had lived. And ten minutes later, Mr. Chameleon and Detective Dave Arnold are in Roger Dalton's apartment. And Roger is saying dazedly... Sybil dead? Murdered? Mr. Chameleon, I, I can't believe it. You're either telling the truth, Roger Dalton, or you're a very clever actor. What? I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Chameleon. 
Why, only last evening I was with Sybil. Can't we had dinner at her apartment? Tell me about last evening, Roger. What? There isn't anything to tell. I, I don't know what you mean. Roger, this girl in the photograph on your dresser, very beautiful girl. Do you mind telling me who she is? She's Vera Langdon, the girl I plan to marry. Vera Langdon, the daughter of the well-known stockbroker, Hubert Langdon? Yes, what of it? Merely this, Roger. Marriage into a family of such wealth is quite an achievement for a struggling young commercial artist. Some people might think in terms of money, but I'm in love with Vera. So much so that you'd kill to protect your plans to marry her? What? Good Lord, you don't think I murdered Sybil Kent? Well, that's fantastic. Sybil was my friend. She did a great deal for me. In what way? Well, she had a good job, a buyer in a department store. She lent me money to go through art school. Lent it or gave it to you, Roger? I had every intention of paying her back as soon as I got work, Mr. Chameleon. Paying her or marrying her as payment for the debt? Roger, tell me the truth. Did you make a bargain to marry her and then try to welch on it? No. No, Mr. Chameleon. Sybil had some fantastic idea that we'd be married, but I never encouraged her. I thought it was just a joke. But you took her money and her friendship and used them to your own advantage. No, no. I, I felt badly when I realized she'd misunderstood the situation. But I didn't kill her, Mr. Chameleon. I swear I didn't. According to her sister, Lucy Kent, you had an excellent motive. Lucy told you that? That and a good deal more. Mr. Chameleon, why don't you ask Lucy about her own motive? Her own motive? And uh, just what would that motive be, Roger? You've seen Lucy. You've seen the veil she wears to hide her disfigured face. Why don't you ask her how it became disfigured? She's already told me. No automobile accident. Did Lucy tell you who was driving the car? Do you mean that you were driving it? No, I wasn't driving it. Her sister, Sybil, was. And Lucy blamed her for the accident. Blamed her for the fact her face was horribly disfigured for life. I often warned Sybil not to live alone with Lucy. I was afraid she'd go overboard sometime and a thing like this would happen. I see. Mr. Chameleon, if anyone had a reason for killing Sybil, it's her own sister, Lucy. Thank you, Roger. Come along, Dave. We're through here for the moment. What do you think, Mr. Chameleon? Uh, I don't know, Dave. Right now, I think we'll pay a call on Vera Langdon, Roger Dalton's fiancée. Boy, this is some layout, Mr. Chameleon. Well, Hubert Langdon is a very wealthy man, Dave. Devoted to his daughter Vera, from what I've heard. Yes, what is it? I'd like to speak to Miss Vera Langdon. I'm sorry, but my daughter's not at home. Who are you? I'm Chameleon of Central Police Headquarters. This is Detective Arnold. The police? And you, I take it, are Hubert Langdon, Vera's father. May we come in, please? Now, look, if my daughter is in some sort of little scrape, I'm sure it can be straightened out. I'll come down to headquarters with you and... Mr. Langdon, I suggest that we step inside. Now, see here. This isn't as minor as one of your daughter's little scrapes. It's a matter of murder, Murder? Yes. You'd, you'd better come inside. What is it, Father? Vera. So, your daughter is at home after all, Mr. Langdon. Who are these men, Father? What do they want? Go to your room, Vera. I'll handle this. Stay where you are, Vera Langdon. I'm chameleon of the police. I'm here to question you about the murder of Sybil Kent, shot to death in her apartment two hours ago. 
Sybil Kent? Mr. Chameleon, why should you question my daughter about someone she's never even heard of? Mr. Chameleon, who on earth is this, this Sybil Kent? A rather important person in the life of the man that you plan to marry, Vera. And I can hardly believe that her name is unfamiliar to you. You heard what Vera said, Chameleon. She's never heard of Sybil Kent. And you, Mr. Langdon? I suppose you've never heard of her either. Well, I I think I heard that she was a friend of young Roger Dalton's, but I've never met her. I... Why are you staring at me, Chameleon? Because I just noticed something rather interesting, Mr. Langdon. You say that you've never met Sybil Kent. Then how do you explain the fact that the sleeve of your coat is spotted with blue paint? What? Blue paint? The murdered Sybil Kent's apartment was freshly painted yesterday. The same color of paint that's on the sleeve of your coat. Mr. Chameleon and the Broken Promise murder case continues in just a moment. If you've tried one thing after another in a vain effort to relieve upset stomach, gas, heartburn and bloating, an overstuffed feeling, or any other unpleasant symptoms of acid indigestion, listen to the wonderful news about a marvelous preparation, a preparation called Philips Tablets, that is bringing more and more people the quick, effective relief they've always hoped for. You'll find that two or three wonderful-tasting Philips Tablets ease away acid indigestion so quickly you actually feel like a new person almost at once. And the reason Philips Milk of Magnesia tablets bring you such remarkably fast relief is this. Philips tablets contain one of the fastest, most effective stomach sweeteners ever discovered by medical science. Besides giving you incredibly fast acid indigestion relief, Philips tablets also provide pleasant relief. For they have a clean peppermint flavor that leaves your mouth feeling so wonderful, lots of people find them as refreshing to take as after-dinner mints. So whenever you have acid indigestion, let two or three flavorful Philips tablets melt in your mouth and see how quickly you feel fine again. Always carry Philips tablets in your pocket or purse to take after meals or wherever you may be when acid indigestion causes you distress. Pocket-sized tins of 30 tablets cost only 25 cents. Ask for Philips tablets. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the Broken Promise murder case. When Sybil Kent is shot to death in her apartment, Mr. Chameleon discovers that several people had strong reason to want to kill her. There is Roger Dalton, the young artist, who had made a bargain to marry Sybil. And Sybil's young sister, Lucy, whose face was pitifully disfigured through an accident in a car driven by Sybil. And now in the apartment of Roger Dalton's fiancée, the debutante Vera Langdon, Mr. Chameleon faces Vera and her arrogant father, Hugh Langdon, and he is saying, Mr. Langdon, you deny ever having met Sybil Kent, the murdered woman. Certainly I deny it, Chameleon. I never saw Sybil Kent in my life. Then how do you explain those blue paint stains on your coat? (gasps) Father! Sybil Kent's apartment was freshly painted yesterday. The same color as those stains on the sleeve of your coat. Now, Mr. Langdon, how do you explain that? All right. All right, Chameleon. I admit that I have met Sybil Kent. I went to see her this morning. You went to her apartment this morning. What time is this? About nine Mm o'clock. Last night, my daughter's fiancé, Roger Dalton, came to me and told me about this woman, Sybil Kent. 
who'd given him money to go through art school. He made a bargain to marry her and then tried to back out. Go on, Mr. Langdon. Well, Roger asked me to lend him the money to pay Sybil back. I told him I'd go to see her, find out just how much he owed her, and pay it. Yes? So I went to her apartment this morning. And you quarreled with her? No, of course I didn't, Mr. Chameleon. She agreed to accept my check for $5,000. Langdon, Detective Arnold and I searched the murder apartment, and we found no check from you. I intended to make it out this afternoon, Mr. Chameleon. I... Look, I swear to you, that's the truth. If so, Mr. Langdon, you've placed yourself in a highly suspicious position. I don't know what you mean. You may have gone to the dead woman's apartment, but perhaps not for the reason you claim. You're devoted to your daughter, aren't you, Mr. Langdon? Why, of course I'm devoted to Vera. Enough to kill for her? What? If you knew that Sybil Kent might cause her unhappiness, might prevent her marriage to Roger Dalton... Mr. Chameleon, you're becoming ridiculous. Oh, really, Vera? Well, I'm not overlooking the fact that possibly you also had a motive. Uh, if you believe Sybil Kent threatened your marriage to the man you love... I didn't even know Sybil Kent. Mr. Langdon, have you a gun? No. Why should I? And you, Vera? Oh, don't be absurd. Of course I don't have a gun. I see. All right, Dave, let's be going. Are you through questioning us, Mr. Chameleon? For the moment, Mr. Langdon. But I warn you and your daughter, Vera, that it's a very dangerous thing to lie in a murder investigation. Come along, Dave. Oh, Father, you shouldn't have lied about Sybil. Mr. Chameleon is very clever and... Where are you going? To my desk, Vera, to check on something. It's gone. What is? The gun that I always keep in this drawer. Vera, where is it? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Now, look, don't lie to me, Vera. I told Chameleon that I don't have a gun, but you and I both know that I keep one in this drawer. And now it's gone. Father! Darling, darling, listen to me. No matter what you've done, I'll protect you. Only tell me where you've hidden the gun so I can get rid of it. So we can be sure Chameleon will never learn the truth. And half an hour later at the murder apartment, Lucy Kent answers the doorbell to find Mr. Chameleon and Detective Dave Arnold in the hall. Mr. Chameleon, you've come to tell me you've arrested Roger Dalton for my sister's murder. Tell me, Lucy, why are you so anxious to see Roger Dalton punished for your sister's death? Because I want justice done, Mr. Chameleon. I adored my sister, Sybil. She gave me a home with her. She took care of me after my dreadful accident. Lucy, why didn't you tell me that you blamed your sister for the accident in which your face was disfigured? But I didn't. I didn't, Mr. Chameleon. Sybil was driving the car, but it wasn't her fault. She... Please don't make me talk about it. Excuse me, I want to get a handkerchief from my bag on the table. Oh, I'll give it to you. Here. Oh, I'm sorry. But... This is clumsy of me, letting the bag slip from my hand like that. I'll gather up these things. Well, well. What is it, Mr. Chameleon? A snapshot of Roger Dalton. Fell out of your bag, Lucien. Give me that picture. You dropped my bag on purpose to find out what I had in it. Odd that you carry a picture of Roger Dalton with you, Lucien. I... I don't know what you mean. It may mean that you're in love with Roger yourself. In love... He stopped looking at me. And you bitterly resented your sister Sybil's bargain to marry him. I... 
Mr. Chameleon, even if I did love Roger, I wouldn't murder my own sister, Sybil, because of him. Perhaps not, Lucy. I won't say any more. Dave, we're going back to headquarters. Yes, sir. What about Roger Dalton? Aren't you going to arrest him? You do hate him now, don't you, Lucy? I'll make an arrest when I have proof of who your sister's murderer is. Come along, Dave. I want to see the commissioner of police. So, there it is, Commissioner. Four people had equally strong motives for killing Sybil Kent. Uh, It's quite a case, Chameleon. Yes. Commissioner, I'm beginning to get an idea. You mean one of your famous disguises, Chameleon? Yes, Commissioner. The murdered Sybil Kent's apartment was freshly painted yesterday, and that gave me an idea. Well, let's hear it, Chameleon. I'm going to disguise myself as Oscar Dobbs, a house painter. I want Detective Dave Arnold to get all the suspects together at the murder apartment in an hour. Uh I have a feeling that disguised as Oscar Dobbs, a house painter, I will trap Sybil Kent's murderer. And an hour later, in the hall outside Sybil Kent's apartment... Mr. Chameleon, his face disguised and wearing painter's cap and overalls, is saying to Detective Dave Arnold... You know what to do, Dave? You bet I do, Mr. Chameleon. All the suspects are in the Kent's apartment? Yes, sir. The dead woman's sister, Lucy, Roger Dalton, Roger's fiancée, Vera Langdon, and Vera's father, Mr. Langdon. Good. Get out of sight now, Dave. I'm going to ring the bell. And now, a moment later, the door is opened by Lucy Kent and Mr. Chameleon, speaking in the voice of his disguise, says to her, I uh, beg your pardon, miss. I was here the other day. Me and another guy painting your apartment. You mind if I come in? Yes, I do mind. I'm very busy. I got a feeling you ain't too busy to talk to me, Lucy Kent. So, uh, I'll just come in. How dare you push your way in here? What's the matter, Lucy? Who is this man? He's one of the painters, Roger. He shoved his way in here. Get out of here, whoever you are, or I'll call the police. The police? Uh, That's a good one. What's going on here? Mr. Langdon, this horrid man forced his way into the apartment. Who are you? The name is Dobbs. Oscar Dobbs. I know a young lady was murdered here this morning. Now see here, Dobbs. I bet you're old Hubert Langdon. And that uh, pretty girl there is your daughter, Miss Vera Langdon. How could you possibly know? Seen your pictures in the papers lots of times. You've been in quite a lot of trouble, ain't you, Vera? How dare you talk to my daughter that way? Get out! Not so fast, Mr. Langdon. I uh, just seen Mr. Chameleon, the detective, in the lobby. I heard him say that he was coming up here to question all the suspects in the murder of Sybil Kent. That's no concern of yours. You're wrong. You're wrong there, Roger Dalton. A house painter gets around. He hears and sees things. About uh, ten o'clock this morning, I was painting the apartment right below this one. I heard a shot. You... you heard... I stepped down into the hall where nobody could see me. A couple of minutes later, someone came running down the stairs. Got a good look at this person. 
Good luck. You're lying. And uh, I could point a finger at that person. But a man's got to look out for himself. What are you getting at, Dobbs? Well, Mr. Langdon, I'm willing to forget what I saw, providing it's made worth my while. Why, you cheap blackmailer. No, let's call it protection, shall we, Miss Lucy Kent? Protection for the person who killed your sister. Shut up, Dobbs. You'll never tell anyone what you know. You were a fool to come here. Roger, good heavens, don't shoot him. I'm not as big a fool as you to pull a gun, Roger Dalton. Mr. Chameleon, it's you. You were disguised as a house painter. Yes, Lucy. Why, you double-crossing cop, you tricked me. And my trick apparently succeeded. Put down the gun, Roger Dalton. Not before I put a bullet in your head, Chameleon. Roger, no! No! You okay, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, Dave. You shot the gun out of his hand just in time. I've got it now. And it's undoubtedly the gun with which Roger Dalton murdered Sybil Kent. Oh, Roger. Roger, what have you done? How could you kill her? I did it for you, Vera. Sybil threatened to ruin all my plans, my whole life. I couldn't bear the thought that she might turn you against me. Last night I took the gun from your father's desk, came here this morning, and and killed her. And you tried to put the blame on an innocent girl, on Lucy Kent. That Roger Dalton was almost as great a crime as murder. But you'll pay for both. In the death chamber. All right, Dave, take him away. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. A very important thing to know about genuine Bayer aspirin is that its single active ingredient is so gentle to the system, mothers give it even to small children on their doctor's advice. Always remember this because it means that when you have an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain, you can take Bayer aspirin with complete confidence. For Bayer aspirin gives you more than fast relief. It also gives you the dependable relief that's important to your health. Bayer aspirin speed is proved by the fact that it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds. And its dependability is proved by the fact that no other pain reliever can match its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. So don't experiment when you're in pain. Don't risk using drugs that have not stood the test of time. Instead, use something that millions know from experience is fast and completely dependable too. Genuine Bayer aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Strange Mother Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Gene Carroll, based on the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. It is directed by Richard Leonard, with music by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. You may have trouble knowing if your teeth are still as white and bright as they used to be, for improper cleaning causes them to become dingy gradually. But your friends notice it, for it robs you of charm. That's why it's important to use a dentifrice that does more than fight tooth decay. What you need is a dentifrice that also whitens and brightens your teeth, gets them really clean. And no dentifrice cleans teeth like powder. Try Dr. Lyon's tooth powder. And if you don't agree that it makes your teeth cleaner than your present dentifrice, 
whitens and brightens them so your smile sparkles with its old-time luster, your money will be refunded. Get either regular or ammoniated Dr. Lyons tooth powder. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Strange Mother, murder case, next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Okay, this murderer, Roger absolutely a horrible person. And of course, he may have gotten away with it thanks to the stockbroker and his daughter and their easily disproved lies to the police. Also, I do think that we may have heard the most unjustified repetition of information after Mr. Chameleon revealed himself as the painter. I mean, it had been set up that Mr. Chameleon was going to be the painter. And then he changed his voice, making it obvious. And then, you know, it's like, you disguised yourself as the painter. Yes, 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 that is what happened. We don't need it uh, repeated again. But an interesting episode overall, and the last of the 1950 episodes in our current uh, run through. Well, listener comments and feedback now, and have a question from Sebastian on Facebook who writes, could any of the detectives be made now? If so, do they keep the time area they're made in or updated to the modern sensibilities? Well, thanks so much for the question, Sebastian. I think that there are probably very few detective programs where they would really try to remake them. First of all, I think that there really is a dearth of new detective programming, at least over television in the United States, although some may borrow elements of it. So you have that factor. I think any detective who would be adapted to either a movie or a television series would have to bring some sort of audience or be a, a name that would uh, draw in an audience. And there are few names that would do that. Sherlock Holmes is an obvious one. Perry Mason, who HBO Max did a series uh, with, is another uh, one based on the endurance of the series and its place in pop culture. Another one that occurs to me is Sam Spade. And I kind of... We're going to see probably sometime in the late 2020s to early 2030s an R-rated 
uh, remake of The Maltese Falcon. The book enters the public domain in the United States in 2026. However, uh, it wouldn't enter the public domain in many countries that have copyright laws that protect works for the life of the author plus 70 years. So you might see a delay on that until 2032, or you might also see a movie studio make a deal with the Hammett Estate with a sort of, do you want a small fee now at a deal, or would you rather wait until 2032 when you'll get nothing at all? The rest of these characters, with the exception of perhaps Philip Marlowe, are not going to really bring a whole lot to the table. No one is going to flock to a new Michael Shane TV show. Nobody is going to care about uh, a new Peter Chambers movie. In many cases, you have to pay uh, rights holders. And that would be an issue with a lot of the very best Golden Age detective program ideas. Like, I think you could very well make a modern version of Nightbeat or Box 13. But why would you call them that? There's no great fan base that would flock to uh, someone saying, let's go ahead, we are remaking Nightbeat. I could write a series called The Evening Shift about a podcaster who goes out into the city finding stories in the night to produce into a podcast. Now, of course, there would have to be some adjustment. It couldn't be a daily podcast. You have to be a bit off to try to put out uh, podcast episodes every day. But you, you get the general concept. Now, I could not call the character Randy Stone, but essentially, I have Nightbeat without calling it Nightbeat. Now, I'm very comfortable playing uh, episodes of different series on these uh, podcasts, but I think you get into an entirely different uh, situation when it comes to producing a new work. Were any of the scripts copyrighted? That's not generally going to have a whole lot of impact on the uh, recordings, but if the scripts were copyrighted and the copyright was renewed and the copyright is still in effect, then you may have some problems. Now, you could hire a high-priced Hollywood lawyer, pay him $1,000 an hour, have him work for like three weeks researching, tracking down, seeing who owns the rights and seeing if those rights can be purchased, or you can take the concept and make it your own. Of course, Box 13 might be a bit more challenging, since the name Box 13 is, you know, so cool. But cool enough to do all that research to see who it is that owns anything, or if anything is owned, that's a tough question. So, I don't foresee a lot of things ever being remade, though you might have some independent efforts that take... Uh, concepts, you know, basic things that you can't really copyright. You know, you can't copyright the idea of a uh, reporter going around getting stories at night. In terms of how they will do any sort of remakes of detective programs or books, any adaptations would, I don't think they would either, you know, redo them in a modern setting, or 
tell them, you know, with the classic uh, sensibilities. I'll do what uh, seems to be in vogue whenever a work about the past is produced, which is you set it in the period in which it is set in, but you have all of the characters act as if they are from the 21st century and all have 21st century sensibilities. Uh, see the recent uh, Death on the Nile adaptation for an example of this. I, I wrote a review of it over at greatdetectives.net. I'm really not a huge fan of this particular trend. You know, I'm okay with modern sensibilities in something like a movie like Knives Out. Great film, by the way, you know. And you have a lot of modern sensibilities, which makes sense because it's a modern film, you know, that essentially uh, takes the murder mystery uh, genre and puts it in a 21st century context. But when you take Agatha Christie plots and plug in a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit with that plot to make it fit with modern sensibilities, I think you end up with something that's not a particularly uh, pleasing uh, experience, at least not for me. Although I'm not certain what would be worse if they make the next Maltese Falcon movie, set it in its original time, but have everyone acting like they're 21st century people with 21st century sensibilities, or tell a completely modern version of the Maltese Falcon where, you know, everybody is 21st century people. And you have Sam going into the office with t-shirt and jeans, but still with the fedora. And you get to see, like, text messages back between, like, Sam and Joel Cairo. And maybe the fat man is actually a guy who works on the dark web in between uh, supporting his rap career. And Bridget O'Shaughnessy's like a very online <laughs> TikToker, and that's how Sam is able to track her down to her hotel room. I mean, these are horrible ideas, but you know, Hollywood could do that. Though, maybe there's less a chance that they'll do this exact horrible idea since I said this out loud, so I guess you're welcome. Now, I know I'm a little bit cynical about Hollywood and detective adaptations and really most adaptations of classic uh, literature. But that's only because they haven't given me any reason to feel anything else. I think that generally they've consistently uh, taken works and not really respected uh, source material and just tried to insert their own ideas and pick it back on a much better work and in doing so produce something that's far less entertaining. I would say that I would make an exception if, you know, you had someone who came out and really loved a, uh, a certain property and really wanted to tell the stories respectfully as a, a labor of love. I think there are quite a few series that, you know, could work that way, quite a few detective novels that could work that way. It's a limited audience, but if you can find it, you, I think that there's definitely a, would be a market for something like that. So, thanks so much for the question, Sebastian. 
Now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you so much to Vincent, Patreon supporter since June of 2019, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Vincent. We'll be back next week with another episode of Mr. Chameleon, but join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment, where... How much farther to Villa Real, Lieutenant? But a few miles, Michel. <laughs> you sure believe in taking precautions, don't you? Senor? Having one of your boys tail us. Tail us? I, uh, I do not understand, Michel. Well, that car behind us. It's been following us for the last ten minutes. I gave no orders to follow us, Michel. What? Then who... Hey! Hey, he's coming up at us! Can you Fast. see who it is? No, it's too dark. Yara, watch out! He's trying to run us off the road! <laughs> Boy, that was close. Nice driving, Vera. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Well, somebody's sure anxious to put us out of the way. Beginning to look like we're on the right trail. See, we will continue our trip to the Delgado house in Via Real. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.